Today, you can open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 21. As we continue in this Hark series, Luke 8 to 21, we'll see the angel proclaims a great message to the shepherds. Hark, this is the second week in this series, and to hark literally means to listen, to draw near, to come close. So, needless say, we must hark this morning ourselves. We must listen. We must draw close. We must come near to God's word, his scriptures regarding the birth of Christ. We're going to see the angels' proclamations of Christ's birth, how love has come to save us. The Lord is with us. This is what we remember this year. No matter what the parade might show, a bunch of elves and Santas, we praise God for, it's not really about any of that. We praise God for our float last night. I just loved it as it showed the manger. In fact, I was going to show it to you later. I'm showing it to you now. Bobby Jeffrey, this was inspired by her. Thank you for putting this together. But we had the manger scene simple in the front and then the cross in the back. And then eventually we had carolers at the back to sing songs about Christ. And how wonderful it was to have people as we walked down the road, Sue, Eldon, many of you who were with us, Jim and the kids and everybody, we literally saw people starting to tear up and cry and then arms up praising God as we walked by them. That's what the parade should be about. It should be about us all parading through town, proclaiming the message that Christ was born to save us. Thank you for helping with that parade. Thank you for watching it. It was great. As you're at Luke chapter 2 now, verse 8 to 21, let's go ahead and read. Please follow along in your Bibles or listen as I read. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Now, I'll try not to stop here too long, but I do just want to make a comment about that message that the angels gave them already. The, the shepherds were filled with great fear, and the angel told them, Fear not. Now, I've talked many times about how we might think. I mean, this angel appears angelic in, in display. I think we would fear to an extent. We'd be like, what is going on here? Maybe we'd even, we'd even fall to our knees and shield our eyes, not knowing what is happening. But it's not just about that. You see, so often I think we and they would think angels would appear or God may speak to us because we're doing something wrong. And the angels are coming down to condemn what you're doing and telling you to, to turn away or receive the wrath of God, the judgment of God. But the angel says here, and, and we also need to see that God does not just speak to us to try and condemn us or judge us or tell us what we're doing is wrong. The angel here says, fear not, for the message that he brings is message of good news of great joy. Let's read on here about this good news, this great joy. For behold, verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people that includes us today. For unto you, not just them, but you as well, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, no warning, 
No email, no alerts, no text messages, no, no warning at all. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. What a great message here we have today. Let's pray and thank God for it. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power within it to transform lives, whether it be for new life or whether it be to sanctify us, making us more like Christ each and every single day. We thank you for the power that your word brings to give hope to the hopeless, the power it brings to bring peace to your children, the power it brings to bring us joy. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And we pray for your word as it's preached this morning. May it speak to us. Convict us where we need convicted and encourage where, it needs, where we need encouragement. But most importantly, Lord, may you receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Thank you, Lord. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Thank you. You know, I get credit for wearing this up here, right, Eldon? But I think you know, too, sometimes you just got to take it off because you get a little too hot. But... I just get so excited reading this, this scripture. In fact, Brian was saying this morning that, that if I had to get off stage, something happened. I forget what we were talking about. Maybe if I was raptured and he wasn't. <laughs> he would preach the word for me. And I said, well, that's because it's such a great word to preach. I love this word of God. And it's, it's so easy. And I want to point out one more thing before we get to the, exactly, to the exact message um, that I had planned, and that's this. You see, we see two pictures here of worship of the baby Jesus. We see the shepherds. You see, in verse 16, it says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told con them concerning the child. They talk about the angel coming to them. They talk about the heavenly host coming to them. And they make it known but then we see this continued picture, this scene, if you would. And it says, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They wondered. And it says of the shepherds that as they returned, they returned glorifying and praising God. But then we see this second picture. We see Mary. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. You see, there's different ways to worship God. And sometimes it's just like the shepherds right there, and they return. They're glorifying God. I'm guessing they are singing. They're praising. They're letting all people hear how excited they are of what they just got to, to enjoy and to take part in. Shepherds, lowly shepherds. But then you have Mary, probably 
simply quietly pondering, contemplating this baby in her arms or before her, this great gift that came through her by God to us. We too can learn from this. Some days we just need to sit back and ponder what's happening. But then I do think that as we ponder it, it should bring us to a place of proclaiming and returning and walking with worship. All we do can be done in worship. But sometimes we need to look to the scene a little bit. And that brings me back to my message today. You see, I love nativity scenes too. And you might have noticed we have this great big very full set nativity scene in the fireside room. And as you walk by, you might think, oh no, in fact, I've heard several kids are going to mess with that. Well, I am also very happy that that nativity scene does not seem very breakable. Now, very breakable because everything can be broke. That's not a challenge, kids. Enjoy looking at it. (laughs) But I love that nativity scene. And I think you do too. And we see these scenes all over. We see nativity scenes on the shelves at grocery stores or at Walmart or Menards or Target, all those stores. I'm not getting sponsored for these, by the way. But we see nativity scenes everywhere we go this time of year. We see nativity scenes in the front yards. We see nativity scenes on the front of greeting cards. But unfortunately, for far too many, the nativity scene is just a festive holiday decoration. Instead of pondering that baby Jesus, contemplating and praising and worshiping him for what he truly came to do, the hope that came that night as that Dave Meisner song proclaimed, it simply becomes something just pretty to look at. Look at the cute little baby. But there's so much meaning and purpose behind these scenes. You see, love came from God to us, a saving love. Jesus was born so that we could be born again. I heard that years ago. I don't remember who from. And it's just simple truth that we should know. But in that that sequence of words, that order, it just seems so powerful. But that's because it truly is powerful. It's not about the words. It's about the word. It's about what truly happened. And this truly happened. Jesus was born so that we could be born again. These nativity scenes are packed with meaning, with stories, with purpose. Their purpose, they are purpose to metaphorically shine a light to Christ and God's love. To educate all who admire these scenes to remember the true reason for the season and the holiday of Christmas. The miraculous story of our Savior's lowly birth. This baby Jesus would bring true hope, peace, and joy to the world in a way not possible by any other or anything other than him. Today we look to this story, and as we look to this story, we're looking to the shepherds. We're looking to the angelic proclamation, this great message of the joy proclaimed to the shepherds. Can you believe it? Shepherds. Shepherds, not just then, not just 2,000 years ago, but I think even today, shepherds are not sought after very highly. In fact, especially back then, they were seen as lowly, dirty individuals, even though they provided a great service to community. Today, shepherds often might be thought of, thought of, thought of as the same thing. Everybody wants to be in school, a teacher, an astronaut. Don't know many of them. I know a lot of teachers. Thank you for teaching. 
engineer. Every once in a while you get a pastor. <laughs> People don't often want to be shepherds. But here, God chose to speak to shepherds. God delivered a great message to shepherds because they're his people too. Here's my point number one, or more of a phrase, more of a statement. You see, just as the message of Jesus' arrival, Jesus' arrival to sinful humanity was given to and for shepherds, it's given for us today as well. God is for the least of these, not just the most of these. He is with those he pleases and who pleases in him. I've said that before and I'll say it again. God is for all. God loves all. God desires all to come to him. God sent Jesus to the world. But not all will take pleasure in him. But God is still for them. God sent Jesus for them. Let's talk about this statement a little bit. This statement, just as a message of Jesus' arrival to sinful humanity was given to and for shepherds, it's given for us today as well. You see, when I say that God is for the least of these and not just the most of these, I mean that God is for shepherds also. And what I mean by that is he's not just for the richly, the rich, or the highly sought after. He's not just for the popular. It's not just for those ones who are uniquely special, whether it be by their job or the popularity or their wealth. But just like shepherds, we must hear God's message of, seek, uh, of Jesus and seek him out. Don't just listen to the message of Jesus, but start walking, walking in his ways. God sent angels to proclaim the glorious birth of Christ to shepherds. And God also wants us to hear and share this news still today as well. No matter who you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, stop. There's a Christmas program coming up. Not sure if you've heard of that, about that. And the whole idea behind it is too busy. Too often, we're too busy. I bet the shepherds had a hundred things to do that night. I bet they had a hundred sheep or more walking and wandering in every direction. But I bet they stopped. And they listened to the message being proclaimed to them. We too need to stop, listen, and walk forward. Wherever we find ourselves in, we too can and should hark, listen, hear the news of Jesus. Admire Jesus, ponder Jesus, and ponder his ability to save and to light your way to walk for a godly life. Here's another follow-up idea to this. <clears throat> you see, we are sinners trapped in a world of darkness, but, what God, but God has given us a light for the darkness to light your way back to him and his grace. And that light is Jesus. Let's talk about that statement for just a moment. You see, when I say that we are trapped in a world of darkness, I think not too many of you are surprised by that statement. I think not too many of you shudder by that statement. But the surprise to us comes in remembering that we are all sinners. That is the problem. The world is full of sin. We have a sin problem. Sin is the root of all evil, of all the darkness surrounding us, of all the burdens and problems around us in this world. It's sin. But we have been blessed with a great solution to that sin and a great light for the darkness to illuminate, to pierce through every bit of darkness in our life. 
and that is Jesus. But here's the thing about this light. It's not just to be an accent light. I thought about a lot of stages, and we don't do this here, but a lot of stages have accent lighting. They have strobe lights. They have neon lights. They have candle lights. They have all these lights just to make it look good. But the light of Christ is not just to look good. It's to change the life. The light of Christ, the light we have of Christ, allows us to see clearly the dark ways of sin in the world and to walk differently, to walk like God. As I thought about this, I thought of an idea which some of your parents may appreciate. You see, we do not need to continue to walk barefoot on Legos in the darkness. But metaphorically speaking, of course, we do not need to continue to damage and hurt ourselves by the many sabotage and tricks and prankery of our children by those things lurking in the night on the floor. We can now see clearly with the lights on bright to walk around and avoid the distractions and the pains of sinfulness and what Satan places in our way. I can't say that again because I just totally changed how I had it wrote. But I think the idea is there. Don't just see the light of Christ. Use the light of Christ to light your way to walk in godly ways. That I will repeat. Don't just see the light of Christ. Use the light of Christ to light your way and to walk in godly ways. Walk to Jesus. You see, these, these shepherds had the light of Christ illuminated in their presence that night as the angels as the angel proclaimed this message, a new light shined within them, metaphorically speaking, of course, and they started walking and they saw the Lord Jesus. And then they went from there praising and worshiping, speaking of the greatness. That's what we, should, we too should do. Back to the scripture here. The shepherds were the first we know of that the angels proclaimed this good news too. Good news of great joy for all people. The greatest good news the world had ever heard. You see, Jesus' birth was great news for the shepherds. And it's still great news for us today as well. But here's the problem. I think too often we struggle to grasp how great of news this is. As we focus too highly on the world and too lowly on the news. We focus too much on the world and too little on God. Or maybe we struggle to grasp this great news and the greatness of it because we look too highly to ourselves and too lowly to God. Jesus' birth was and is great news because God's plan in Jesus would be victorious over the dark hold sin had on the world. God's plan would reign supreme over Satan's schemes. Jesus was and is great news because the truth that we receive in him and through him. His goodness and love is here for you. And although none are good, none are faithful, we see that God chose out of grace and mercy to love us anyways, to see us as valuable to him, to desire a relationship with him, and to provide redemption. As we move forward, I want to look briefly to the names of this Jesus we see here. In the scripture today, we see the name Savior, the newborn baby is recognized as Savior. And there's only a few places in the Gospels we see this. And I want to point out John 4.42 of another place in Scripture that Jesus has this recognition 
or is recognized in this way. John 4, 42 is one where it's speaking of the newfound face of the Samaritan woman. And we read them say, we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. Each one of these titles, I want to challenge you to think of to your own life. Do you know this of Jesus, that he is the Savior of your world? The next title we see in this scripture today is Christ. Christ is Greek for anointed one. Messiah in Hebrew and points us to the appointed one, the prophesied one, the chosen one, the Savior we just spoke of who would come and bring salvation to God's people. Do you know this salvation? Have you acted upon it? You see, before Christ came into the world, we're captives to sin and deserved God's punishment. But now that Jesus has come and paid the price for our sin, we can be free from any guilt and any judgment. And we too can know God personally. The next title we see is Lord. And Lord is another word for master. This Christ, this Savior, this Messiah, this Jesus, this anointed one, this prophesied one, this Savior of the world should be mastering over your life, lording over you, showing you the way to go. Have you surrendered to him? The next title we see in the scripture today is Jesus. And Jesus is literally translated salvation or he who saves. And listen to 1 Peter 2.24, speaking of this. It says, he himself bore our sins in, this, in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds we are healed. Have you died to your sinful lifestyles and allowed God to heal you from your past? Your past doesn't need to control you, but your future life with Christ should. Let me say that again. Our past do not need to control us, but we should allow our future lives in Christ to allow that to guide you every day. Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua. And similar, similarly, there is Joshua. But whereas Joshua would save people by armies for battle, Jesus would save his people with an army of one. His life laid down for many and for all, for you and for me. And finally, we get this word baby. The scripture today refers to the baby Jesus. Finally, we have the Savior, Christ, Lord Jesus, referred to as a baby fulfilled by this baby, fulfilled all these prophecies. But I think here lies part of the problem. Going back to that nativity scene, we shouldn't see Jesus just as a baby. We need to recognize Jesus with all those titles and more. When, we, when some see the nativity, they see just a cute baby, and this is good, but it should not be all. For we today know the full story. We today know the full gospel. That Jesus may have been born and placed in a manger, but he would go on to that cross. Jesus was not just a cute baby. He would grow up. And as he grows into adulthood, he would remain sinless, perfect, blemishless. He would teach the great truths of God's words and ways. And then he would lie down his life for us to have hope, peace, joy, love. We'd have him. All of this comes through Jesus. Not just a baby, but a savior, a Christ a Lord, Jesus. Here's another thought as we start to wrap up here. Shepherds were very dirty individuals. They worked in the field. They worked with animals. They worked around the dirt and the mud. They were hard workers too. 
I'm not saying they're dirty in a bad way. I'm about to say this. As dirty as they might have been, as hard of workers they might have been, they would not allow their work to keep them from getting clean and going to be cleaned by Christ, to be in his presence. But how about us? Do we allow Jesus to clean and save us? Do we stop what we're doing, what we're working on, to go to be in his presence daily? We must take a step away from what we're doing and be in the presence of Jesus. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. That means no worries, for he's with you for the rest of your days. God wants to be with you. And this is great news of great joy. Jesus appeared to the shepherds, and he wants to appear to us as well. The shepherds, though, when, they, when Jesus was going to be appearing to them, the angel gave them this message. Notice, it says they did not waste time. They went with haste. What a gut punch to us. What a lesson to us. We, too, should not waste time going to Jesus. With haste, we should worship the King Jesus and proclaim of his greatness to all this Christmas season, but not just the month of December, every day of the year. One final application may follow, may follow here. You see, the shepherds, after arriving in Bethlehem, would proclaim the news they had heard, what they had seen. And we too need to do just that. You see, just as God cared to deliver the message of great news to low, lowly shepherds, we too should deliver the message to others. Who are the shepherds in society around you? That God wants you to be like an angel and go deliver this news. Notice I said like an angel. We're not angels. We are better than angels. We're considered highly by God. Who are the shepherds in society today that you can share this great news with? Jesus' last words to Peter were, feed my sheep. John 21 speaks of this. This is how we demonstrate God's love. By caring for his people like sheep. Like shepherds care for the flock, we too can care for them. Are you willing to show care for God's children? Start by going to be in the presence of Jesus, just like the shepherds. And then continue on by pondering like Mary. And by walking forward, praising God for all to see. Jesus is the good shepherd and the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Allow him to care for you for your sins and provide life as you live in his steps, in his ways, and proclaim of his goodness. Let's close in prayer and song. And I do just want to remind you, stick around for Sunday school and after Sunday school, we'll have a short business meeting, where as Chuck said, we'll get down to business. I think we got down to business today, though. That's why we're truly here. Worship the King. Please bow your heads. Lord, we thank you for your greatness, and we thank you for sending Jesus down for us. We thank you for your love you showed us then and that you still show us today. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus was born so that we all could be born again. May we remember this, this Christmas season, and every day that follows, may we worship you as king. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Please stand and worship with us. God is able